This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Moving forward. Say moving forward. How many want to move forward? Okay. Um, some scriptures that, are, are, that fit that theme, Job 17, 9. The righteous keep moving forward. And those with clean hands become stronger and stronger. Uh, Philippians 3.13, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. 28.10, those things that are ahead of us, forget the past. Uh, Philippians 3.14, I pursue looking towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So we want to look forward and, and move forward with what God has for us in 2018. How many believe it'll be your best year, 2018, that you've ever had? Well, you have to believe for it to receive it. So that's believe for it. It's going to be a great year. Legacy is the series that we're in. And uh, we've talked and covered some on church legacy. We're going to talk about father's legacy uh, today. And if you're not a father, I, I believe you'll still be ministered to. Um, and I believe that God's word speaks and you will receive. Uh, legacy means money or property bequeathed to another by will, by will or something handed down. Um, and this can be from a, a predecessor or from the past. And so my question is, do you have a legacy that will last? What kind of legacy do you have? What are you leaving behind for those that will follow after you? God wants us to leave a godly legacy. You know, but the Bible speaks and says that there are vessels in God's house of honor and dishonor. And actually, we choose which vessel we want to be or will be. And God, he's looking for our will. It doesn't mean that you can pull this thing off yourself. You can't. He's just looking for your will. I choose this course. I choose the will of God. And then his grace comes in and empowers me. A lot of people are waiting for the grace before they choose to change their will. But you will it first, and then the grace comes to walk in what God has called you to walk into. So we're going to look at a father's legacy. And um, I... You know, we talk about New Year's resolutions. That's what, you know, you hear in the world a lot. But let me tell you what resolution means. It means, first, it means a firm determination. Secondly, a resolving to do something. Number three, a course of action determined or decided upon. A course of action. And resolve means to come to a definite or earnest decision about. That's what God is after. He wants your decision. He wants you to have a firm determination, make a decision to do things his way. And when you do that, he comes with his spirit and his power to help you accomplish what you could not do on your own. You can't do it by willpower. You need God's power on your will to put you over. Amen? Amen. And he works with our will. One of the greatest things that he's given us or one of the most powerful things is a free will choice. He'll not force us to do things. He will not force you to not eat the donuts. He won't force you. You make a choice. Say, God, I need your help. I'm making a decision not to eat those things. 
Moving on. We're praying, we're praying and fasting. Remember that. So when you think about a man or a real man, what comes to your mind? What comes to your thinking when I say a real man? Hopefully, it's not the thought that's other than this. A real man is one who resembles Christ, a Christ follower, one who is a disciple of the Lord, a person of integrity, a person following after the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what a real man is. But see, the culture has a different definition than what a real man is. We think of a real man in the world, he's, you know, let's go for the gusto, I'm a real man. Or he has a football in his hand, or all kinds of different ideas. Most of them are not even godly. But a real man, according to Scripture, is one that resembles the Lord Jesus Christ and walks after him. A Christ follower. So we're going to look at dads or fathers for a few moments. But I want us to have the right bullseye, the right target, what we're looking for. And that's what we're going to talk about. What does God say a real man is? What does God say in the scriptures that we should uh, obtain to? This is what we're after. This is the goal. What does scripture say? Dads should be the leaders we're going to find that leaders in the home should be leading in, in love, leading in, in serving, leading in uh, teaching the word, walking the word. In, in every area, the man should be the leader. I've said before that any, if Jesus Christ came to a, a family, came to their home, he would knock on the door. The wife could come or say when the kids come. Or the wife, or the wife and the kids come to the door. Jesus would say, "Where is the man of the house? Where is the husband?" And he'd come and meet, and he'd say, "I want to know the affairs of the house here. How the home is doing?" And he'd say, "How's my daughter being treated? How's she doing? How are the kids?" That's the way, because we're going to find out. That's the order. That God has things. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 25, but Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are, are great exercise authority over them, yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Notice Jesus didn't say it's wrong to desire to be great. It's wrong to desire to be, uh, to have significance and make an impact and have influence. In fact, it's a godly thing to desire a godly legacy and to affect other people for the cause of Christ. It's okay if your greatness is in Scripture, what God says about what greatness is. And he tells us how to be great. How many want to be great? How many are humble enough to say, I want to be great for God? I, I put for God in there. A few more hands went up. Jesus said these things. <laughs> it's okay to want to influence and impact people for his cause. And he told us how to do it, be a servant. 
That's the opposite of what the world says. The world says to lord it over, exercise authority, fear, manipulation, control, fear tactics, all the, these things of the world. But Jesus says the way to greatness is through serving. Through serving. Wow. And we should be, as men, we're the lead in serving. You know, the moon has no light of its own. When we see it at night, it's a reflection of the sun. And we're a reflection of Christ. He put his life within us, and his life is the light of men. The light that we have is his light. And we're supposed to be shining the light of the Lord on people's lives. But it begins in your home. Don't tell me you want to reach the world and you hadn't reached your home. Don't tell me that you want to go be this great missionary to the nations and you haven't reached your home. It starts at home. And you want to leave a legacy, it starts at home. Your greatness in making the lives of others in your world, your, your influence, making them better, in, inspiring others. And greatness looks different in every person. It doesn't mean that your name's going to be in lights, but we do know this. God knows your name, and others will see. And greatness, I, I believe there will be people that will re receive rewards in heaven that we've never heard of. But God is seen, and God will reward those that have walked with him. There are some great ones that we don't even know about. We're the ones to make a difference in the marriage, family, church, work, community, but it's your choice. You choose, are you going to stay in this natural realm for this temporary world? Or are you going to choose to engage in the spiritual realm that is in, internal and carry Christ with you everywhere you go? to carry the power of God, the prayers of God. It's our choice. He won't force us to do it. But one is a vessel in the honor. One is the vessel in the dishonor. One brings reward. The other doesn't. And we choose. It's not a hard choice when you think about it. There's something within every man that wants, that wants reward. And ladies, too. I'm just talking to men this week. When you watch a movie, and the superhero movies, us guys like it. But let me tell you, when it's a rocky movie, we're rocky. We're not the guy with the towel in the corner. Oh, here. No, we won't be the hero. We won't make an impact. We won't be the hero, make a difference. Well, God placed down the inside of us. It comes through serving. It comes through being the blessing to other people around us. It comes from making the choice that I'm going to bring the authority of God uh, to bear on the earth. I'm going to bring the love of God. I'm going to stand up for his name and for righteousness. A real man orders his life to function under the lordship of Jesus Christ. His thoughts, his actions... The things that he does, his prayers, his, his influence. 
In Ephesians 5, verse 23, a man uh, of legacy or father of legacy covers his wife. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. He's saying here that he's actually saying the man should be the leader in the home. That he is the head of the woman and Christ is the head of the man. Now, a husband here means an individual male. It doesn't mean because you're male, you're over every female on the earth. It means that you're the cover one. That's all you can handle, even with God. You're the cover one. <laughs> God didn't ask for your opinion about this. And you didn't earn this position. It's, it's given to you. Doesn't mean that you're uh, better than your wife or you're above her. No, you're equal. In fact, submission uh, doesn't really work until there's acceptance of equality. That you're accepted. In fact, I'll even say this, acceptance is the breeding ground for change. You don't really change your life until there's acceptance. Because I'm accepted by God, because I can see his character and his love, and he's accepted me. He didn't say, clean up and come to me. He said, just the way you are, Bob, come on. And I came. Because he loved me, accepted me, I want to change and be like him. Well, you just don't understand my, my father. I wouldn't want anything to do with God. No, it's really the opposite. Once you learn about God and his character, you just want to be with him. You want to be like him. So I want you to think, and, and being ahead, it's, it's covering. And this is God's established chain of command. That's the way he set up within the home. It's, it's like he is so in love with his daughter, he wanted a double covering for her. Now, she has to walk in faith because her covering, her man covering is not perfect. All the ladies kept silent. <laughs> Man's head, his covering is perfect, it's Christ. But he wanted his daughter taken care of. He wanted her covered. But God will not violate, violate this uh, chain of command. Let me say this. Sir, God will speak to you first before he speaks to your wife. Oh, Pastor, yes, I understand. My wife is her. I'm not saying she didn't hear from God. And I'm not saying there's times that you haven't heard because you're not in position to hear. But the, let me tell you, the whole time God was trying to tell you. Because it's his chain. That's the way he operates. God wants to bring peace, rest, provision, protection, and security into his daughter's life 
through her spiritual covering, and that's the husband. A husband covers his wife in natural things, but extends to spiritual things. When it says he is to communicate and cover her with the washing of the water of the word, he is to uh, bless her and, and lift her up, give her the word. It's spiritual. It's a spiritual covering that you bring and give to her. Well, Pastor, I'm single. Well, good. You get to work on yourself. What about the singles? God connects you with a church body where you have covering. If you don't have family, you don't have a, a dad at home that covers you, there's a church that covers you. And God does amazing things where he'll take a, a single um, lady in the church and, and there will come one alongside that will be even more of a covering to protect and cover them. Amen? He's good. He takes care of everyone. A man of legacy is responsible. No, I'm hitting a lot of things here, but uh, resolve to take full responsibility for yourself, your wife, your children. In other words, get over it. Stop blaming others. Stop. Well, if my mom and dad had just, you know, if she hadn't breastfed me until I was 13, I'd been all right. Stop. <laughs> Stop blaming the others. Or if this coach, if this coach had treated me right, I'd be playing in the NBA today. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> stop blaming everyone. Your boss, stop. Own it. Take responsibility. Don't blame your wife. You're responsible for her. You don't blame her. You're responsible for her. You pass on whatever you're carrying to your family. You pass it on. And if you're a victim, you're just playing the blame game, or you're just critical all the time, you just, woe is me, that's what you're passing on. You're, you're just passing on some poo-poo. You wouldn't do it in the natural. Yeah, we wouldn't touch stuff, but we do it spiritually. Passes down. Pastor, I have a bad legacy. We'll start a new one. Start a new one. Don't be a victim. Rise up. You do have Jesus inside of you. You do have the God advantage. Rise up and start a new legacy. Children, same thing. You know, dads be responsible. Dads change diapers. Dads serve. Dads help. They train. They're, they're called to train the kids to be in their life, deal with school, driving, whatever it is, dating. Be involved. Invest in your kids. The enemy tries to stop the plan of God by getting men to abandon their responsibilities. Listen to this. About 70% of all prisoners come from fatherless homes. 80% of rapists come from fatherless homes. 
61% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 63% of teenagers who commit suicide come from abusive or absent fathers. 80% of converts, this got me, 80% of converts in prison are converting to Islam. If a father is, committed, is a committed Christian, the children have a 75% chance of growing up to be committed Christians. In a home where only the mother is the committed Christian, the number drops to 23%. See, God is needing some men to rise up, to stand up. Thank God for the, the women. They've kept the church alive. But the men need to rise up and stand strong. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, it says, Love God, uh, your, your God, with all your heart. Love him with all that's in you. Love him with all you've got. Write these commandments I've given you today on your hearts. Get them inside of you. And then get them inside your children. Talk about them whenever you're, wherever you are. Sitting at home, walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. Tie them on your hands, your forehead as a reminder. Inscribe them on the doorpost of your homes and on your city gates. Invest in your children. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. There, there's something that goes beyond just reading instructions. I'm so glad. I tell you what. I'm so glad that there's something that goes beyond reading instructions. It's called YouTube. I can watch someone do something a whole lot better than reading the instructions. And it has saved me many times. Oh, I'm just going to YouTube it. I'm sure somebody's done this. And they have. They've done everything. <laughs> So you watch them do it. Hey, this is great. I rewind. I didn't catch that part. Rewind. Oh, yeah, yeah. Blow it up. I found some new skills. Well, see, that's what, the, that's what he's saying. In, in your everyday living, teach about God. In everything that you do, be setting the example. You're preaching to your kids. You're investing in their lives. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5, Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great dreadful day of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. I believe that speaks to us today. You know, a man's not measured just by his, his muscles, but by his moral fiber. Um, a man is not measured uh, just by being male it takes more than that. It takes a real man, one that is following Christ, to really measure up when you look at scriptures, what God has called us to. God is looking for men that will invest in their kids. And, and this speaks to me too. There's a wound that can only come through a father that can only be healed through a father. And God will turn this thing back. You don't measure a real man by how successful he is in business, by how successful he is at home. Reputation is who people think you are. Character is who your wife and your children know you are. 
We need some men that will stand up and bless their children. When's the last time your children have seen you reading the Bible? Or when's the last time you read the Bible to them? When's the last time you prayed for them? You used to every night when the boys were small, went and laid hands on them, prayed over them before they went to sleep. Being a blessing. That's what the fathers, when you read in the Old Testament, they pass them blessing through prayer, laying their hands on their children. Maybe you're doing all this. I'm saying evaluate where you're at. Take stock of your life. We're at the beginning here of a new year. We can do things right. Take responsibility for your family financially, spiritually, emotionally. The husband's responsible. Sir, she changed her name. She left her family because she believes you. She believed when you said that you would love her, take care of her, that you would give her a great life. She believed the promise that you gave. Now follow through with it and bless her. Because she, she's got an awesome father-in-law named God Almighty. And you want to treat her right. If things go wrong in the home, it's a responsibility of the husband. If you're both stubborn and you both have an argument and you're both stubborn, the man goes first. Honey, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. Why does he go first? Because Jesus went first. He loved us first. He paid the price for us before we even responded. See, whether she responds or not to it, you go first. Quiet in this place. Are you willing to pay the price for her? In Joshua 5, verse 2. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. Israel is about to go into the promised land, and there's one thing. That God said, look, before you go into this land of abundance, land of blessing, he was taking them to a, a new place of blessing that they had never experienced before. And he said, before you go, you got to re-sanctify yourself, rededicate yourself to the Lord, clean up maybe some of those places, those hidden places that you've been thinking you're getting by with but you're holding back the family. The family could not go in until the men were circumcised. In other words, those hidden places, those things of the flesh that have hung on to you, and whatever it is that's hindering and holding you back. God didn't want you just coming to church and going through the motions and being the secondary spiritual leader in the home. He wants you to rise up and be the leader. Well, you don't understand. My wife won't like it. Yes, she will. She's praying for it. Because she is made that way to respond. You got to give her something to respond to. Well, you just understand my wife. She's just emotionally hit. Oh, stop. It's your responsibility. Get her help. 
move forward. Well, you just don't understand. I'm, I go to that Sunday school class. I'm just not interested in the sexual stuff. The Bible says if you defraud your spouse except for prayer and fasting, you're in sin. It's quiet in this place. There's help available. Get some help. Don't stop. Go all the way with God. You want God's best? Nobody's raising their hand now. <laughs> wow. Okay. God is saying, I want to do something different in your life in 2018. I want to move you forward to a place you never begin, never been before. It requires you to re-sanctify yourself. He wants your heart. He, he wants your mind, your thoughts, every area of your life dedicated to him. And when you do that, be ready because grace is coming to change your life and change your family. And you're going to have a legacy. You're going places you never went before. I want to tell you about a man. His name is Derek Redman. And he was a uh, runner for Britain. And in the Barcelona um, Olympics in 1992, he ran a race. And he was expected to probably win the gold medal. And in Seoul, Korea, the, the Olympics before, he had gotten injured and just uh, not long before the race and was not able to run. And he made a promise that he was going to finish the race no matter what. And he had uh, a mishap. He tore his hamstring. Hamstring. Whatever it is, it's right here. I got my hand on it. I just can't get it out. And he, I don't know, I remember this like it was yesterday because I was watching it. And it just gripped my heart so much what he did. He hobbled and they tried to stop him from finishing the race and he wouldn't be stopped. But I want you to see. Someone ran out of the stands to help him. He finished his race to help of a father, his father. But I want you to know, men, this might sound like I can't measure up to this. And I don't know what has been torn in your life. I don't know what injury that has beset you. But I know this, God knows your pain. He knows your struggle. And if you will give him your will, if you'll resolve to be a father of legacy, there's one that will come, your heavenly father. And he'll put his arms around you. He will lift you up. And he'll whisper, we're going across the finish line together. Because he loves you. And he's for you. I remember watching that as a kid. See, I was three years old in 1992. 
But the ovation, 65,000 people were in the stands and everyone stood. American actually won that race. Nobody even remembers it. All they remember is this young man and his father coming, beating away security people that were trying to stop him. You notice there was people trying to stop him from running his race. And men, there will be obstacles and people trying to stop you. People that love you trying to stop you from finishing your race, from running your race. But stick with God. Stay on track. And by the way, he was in lane five. How many know what five means? Grace. Say grace. He was in the grace lane. Stay in your grace lane. Stay on track. Finish your race. And leave a father's legacy that will honor our heavenly father. So, man, I want you to stand up for just a moment. And you'll see in your notes, if you have it there, just some, some res- a revel- resolution and... I want us to make this together. And I have some of these, by the way. I made some copies or out at the connection desk. And you can get a copy of this. But let's, let's say this together. I do resolve before God to take full responsibility for myself, my wife, and my children. I will love them, lead them, protect them, serve them, and teach them the Word of God as a spiritual leader of my home. I will be faithful to my wife to love and honor her and be willing to lay down my life for her as Jesus did for me. I will bless my children and teach them to love God of all their hearts, all their minds, and all their strength. I will train them to honor authority and to live responsibly. I will confront evil, pursue justice, and love mercy. I will pray for others and treat them with kindness, respect, and compassion. I will work diligently to provide for the needs of my family. I will be quick to forgive others and walk as a man forgiven by God. I will learn from my mistakes, repent of my sins, and walk with integrity as a man answerable to God. I will seek to honor God and be faithful to his church, obey his word, and do his will. I will courageously work with the strength God provides to fulfill this resolution for the rest of my life and for his glory. And all the men said, amen. Amen. You be seated for just a moment. Everyone bow your head quickly. I want to give you an opportunity to make the greatest decision that's accepting the love of a father, your heavenly father, who sent Jesus Christ to rescue you, who sent Jesus to take your sin and your guilt, your fears, the shame. He did it all for you. And today, you receive that gift. You can have eternal life and a relationship with Father God. That's you today, no one looking around say, I want Jesus today. So lift your hand. We'll pray together. Anyone in this place, maybe you prayed this before, but you know you're not right with God. I see that hand. Anyone else? Say, I need Jesus today. 
Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, you can put your hand down. We're going to pray together. Say, dear Lord, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for going to the cross. I receive the forgiveness of sins. Every place I missed it, every place I messed up, I receive forgiveness by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I believe that you were raised from the dead. I believe this in my heart. I confess it with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.